Hello and welcome to another episode of the JRE Review. Today I am reviewing podcast 1240, Forrest Galante. Uh, this conversation was really interesting. Another survival expert type biologist, you know, wild animal expert, uh, works for the animal planet and uh, originally uh, born in Africa. So he's like a safari expert. And uh, his conversation with Joe, Forrest talks about a lot about what it was like growing up in Africa uh, in a very different lifestyle than what it was like to move to America young and that culture shock. But also his expeditions now to go find rare endangered species, species that were thought to be uh, extinct. And it's pretty fascinating to know people are doing this. So anyway, without further ado, let's start the review. Welcome to the Joe Rogan Experience Review, where each week I review every single episode of the Joe Rogan Experience. What more do you want? So when Forrest was young, and uh, Forrest is a great name uh, to have for anyone ever since Forrest Gump, I think that there should be more Forrests out there. Uh, When he was a little kid, he used to go on safaris all the time, so this is kind of what his mother would do and when she wasn't taking people on safaris she had a little plane and she would take forest out and they would kind of fly all over africa checking out new spots and going to uh, different places so he had a very wild life very different well wildlife very different upbringing than most people and then when he was 14 he moved to america came over with his mother and uh, had to deal with that whole culture shock so you could imagine how difficult and different that was for him. He actually moved to America about the same time I did. And I, I moved from England. Um, and, you know, my even my transition was was very different. Like, you know, you know, you think, oh, we're speaking the same language. Everything would just be the same. You'll figure it out. But when you're young, you know, you're a little insecure. And you just kind of want to fit in and not stand out. And it's a little bit difficult to do when how you understand the world is quite a lot different than the people around you. And uh, so, so yeah, I can only imagine. One incident that Forrest said he had was he was at school uh, when he got to America first off and he, he took out a knife to cut his apple because that's all he knew to do. Everyone in Africa did that where he was from. And the idea that that would be a problem was just impossible to him and he ended up getting arrested. So that's just one example. Imagine how shocking that would have been at 14. Um, he talks a little bit about what it's like when you're out on safari, what you do when you're around certain animals. He does a lot of walking safaris. So very dangerous. You know, you take an elephant gun or some big caliber gun, keep yourself safe from a lot of the creatures out there. You don't go at night, he said. You stick to the day time, a lot safer that way. And, uh, you know, if any animal starts chasing you, you want to zigzag because almost everything runs faster than you. And that was something they went over on the podcast and it was quite a funny part of the conversation is seeing how like fast all these different types of animals run i think even the hippo is like faster than human beings like you just don't have a chance and all these big things are out there to you know knock you over if they feel threatened by you they're gonna have no problem stomping you to death if you're in their way um not that like elephants go out of their way to hunt humans like that's not happening but if they feel threatened they're massive they're going to have no problem just smushing you. Um, 
that's just how it goes. So it's dangerous out there. He actually said that the thing that he's scared of the most is uh, mosquitoes. He said that's the worst thing because at the end of the day, malaria is a killer. And Joe referenced the stat that he likes to throw out, which is that malaria has caught, killed more people than anything else at all or combined or the wars or whatever. It's something big. Malaria has killed a ton of people. Joe loves bringing that stat up. And, and I think it's, it's somewhere in there. True. You know, malaria is a huge problem. If we had had it in America, uh, it would be... It would be a disaster because mosquitoes are everywhere. You just can't get rid of them. One cool thing that Forrest does now is he likes to go looking for um, endangered or thought to be extinct species. Now, I didn't know people even did that. I thought once something becomes extinct, you know, just the, the, it, the reason people uh, understand that it is is because it straight, has, straight up has got extinct. But I guess you can never really know. So there are biologists that will go out there looking for them. One thing that, that he's been looking for is this some kind of Tasmanian dog called thylacine. And it's thought to have been extinct, uh, but people have seen them. Because people have taken pictures of them. And uh, so he goes out to see them. Now, he prefers to have some eyewitness reports before he goes looking for something. Uh, for example, he thinks there is a giant sloth that exists in Peru in a very remote area. And uh, he was talking about some sort of moose that was thought to be extinct in New Zealand, but now that's been seen. He said the real problem is when it comes to tracking these things down or, or like proving that they're real, photos and videos are not enough because they could be doctored, they, you know, they could be changed, photoshopped, whatever. Whereas if you get DNA samples and these things, then that's proof, right? Well, a little tricky, I think, in some ways to get DNA off an, uh, a thought to be extinct creature. Like, what do you do to prove it exists? Shoot it and then get it? You might be killing the last one. I think that's kind of a problematic um, way of going about things. But who knows? Maybe not. Maybe there's other ways that you can get to just get some hair or, or something like that. Get some feces and then prove that it exists. It's kind of amazing, though, really, that like how elusive these creatures on and during this conversation joe and forrest talked a lot about this uh you know there was stories they gave about how uh a, a mountain lion can be really close to a population of people and never really be seen and they'd set up some cameras that were like night vision and people would walk by and after the people leave, the lion would pop out of the bushes and do some things and then hide again as soon as they were coming. And it was just, you know, the, the people walking by just had no idea that there was a mountain lion in there. But the mountain lion was very sure where the people were at all time, like very much on top of it, uh, registering threats constantly and never putting its guard down. And in the same way, they were talking about these moose in New Zealand how they exist, and even though moose are massive, people didn't know that they were there, and they might be, so they've caught some pictures of them, but they haven't uh, entirely proven that they exist, but that's kind of how it goes. Forrest was saying that 2,000 new species are found every year of different creatures, not, not often very large creatures, but uh, still, creatures are found, and uh, it's pretty impressive. There was a tribe he talked about called the Kiyosan, I think it was called. And uh, they are 
like a native people, tribal, primitive type people. And back in the day, they would get hunted by men, Western men. So the Kiyosan were like a short people, kind of like pygmy style. And these Westerners would just go hunting them. And that's crazy to think that uh, humans would hunt other humans. Now, uh, and not all that long ago, he was saying it was something like the 70s or the 50s in the podcast. But then towards the end of it, Forrest said, I don't think that's right. I think it's longer ago. I'm sure it is. I'm sure it was probably like in the 1800s and things. But it's still, that's not that long ago. You know, that's your great great-grandfather or something like that to think that he'd be out hunting humans is pretty horrific uh that's pretty scary uh he had a cool story about easter island and how it collapsed just that they ran out of resources they cut all the trees down because it's only 63 square miles large so they basically uh extinguished their own resources and, and wiped themselves out and uh it, he forest is also doing Uh, some work in the Galapagos Island. Now, that's a unique set of islands. Uh, They're the islands that Darwin went out to do his uh, evolutionary research on, and they're untouched. And he said something really cool that he's not allowed to eat seeds for two weeks before he goes because, obviously, his ship would contain seeds and he could, like, plant new, um, you know, bushes and whatever out there. There'd be a real problem. And then also he does a quarantine for 48 hours. I don't know if they feed him a special type of diet while he's out there, but, but that's something that uh, he has to do, which, is, which I thought was really cool. Um, also up in Canada, they were talking about how there's actually a lot of mammoth tusks. And, uh, you know, if you found one, would you keep it? What is the moral kind of end to that you know having a mammoth tusk or do you give it to a museum or do you declare it or what do you do with that sort of thing and along those same lines they brought they um talked about shipwrecks and treasure hunters and there was somebody that found a whole bunch of gold but he declared it and the government took it all away so again what would you do would you keep it would you tell anyone would you declare it and possibly lose it it's an interesting question to ask I mean, it would be brutal in a lot of ways to put a lot of work into finding a bunch of gold uh, treasure in a boat and doing tons of research and getting all the equipment only to have it kind of all taken away from you. Uh, That would be really rough. Back to Forrest's um, knowledge of animals. He talks a little bit about adaptations, how animals have changed. Um, you know, through millennia, through thousands of years to adapt to their environment. And, and animals do it really well. And, like giant bears on Kodiak Island because they're always hunting, you know, big elk and moose and things. And and how do these things evolve like this? You know, it's wild, the kind of adaptations that they get. And is it that animals just get lucky, you know? Um, but it is, in a sense, it's just a mutation. Like they, something changes just a little bit. And they live longer, eat more, fuck more, have more offspring. You know, it's a statistical advantage. And over time, if it was like a slight color um, alteration, like the ones that have the more favorable color are statistically more likely to breed better. Even if it's only like a 1% or 2% chance, given enough time, that line of coloration is going to win out on top of any other statistical advantage. And... You know, we've just been on this planet so long evolving 
billions of years that it's just enough time to like make these changes, right? Yeah, I mean, it seems logical uh, to me. Uh, one of the last things that that Forrest talked about was was kind of a spiritual event, and definitely check it out on the podcast. I really liked it because him being a scientist, not really a religious man. To have this moment that uh, affected him so profoundly and talk about it is really something worth listening to. So before he went on this kind of expedition in the Amazon, he was with a group of his people. And one of these like shaman guys from the village said, look, I got to like blow this powder up your nose and it's going to kind of cleanse you for the the challenges and adventure ahead. So they did everyone. Nothing happened. And when they got to forest, he had a massive reaction. He was vomiting eyes went red, lightheaded, fell to the ground, massive pains. And the shaman said, oh, this is good. This is because you had uh, a, a demon inside you and you needed to get it out. So Forrest couldn't help but like associate the rest of the good luck on that trip as coming from the fact that he got this evil thing out of him. And it was it was something that was really interesting because even though he's not a religious man or a superstitious man, that it was kind of like the placebo effect. He believed he'd be safe, and therefore he was safe. And it, it, it's just, just hit him really profoundly. So I found that fascinating that, you know, these ancient cultures exist with their, with their traditions and ways of doing things. And oftentimes we look at it maybe like it's a silly thing, but maybe the effects of it are really powerful. And uh, I don't know. I got a lot out of it. See what you think. Listen to this podcast. If you're one of those nature lovers, outdoor type guys, you're going to love just the idea of him and start to follow Forrest on Instagram. He's got a fantastic Instagram with a lot of cool stuff. Thanks for tuning in, guys. I really appreciate it. We'll talk soon.